Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message. Everybody. Hello. All right, good stuff. All right, my friends, we are in Genesis chapter 7. Genesis 7, so please turn there in a Bible that you might have. We do have Bibles available now. We brought some over. So if you need a Bible, let us know and we'll get to it. Bible yes, they are in the cabinet above Charlotte's desk. Right. A Bible in a church office? That's outrageous. <laughs> we have our own, but we have one to share is what I mean. Well, Genesis chapter 6 is what we studied previously. Um, and it was in Genesis chapter 6 that the story sort of turns from, uh, if you will, that first and second generation of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and so on. And we looked at that. Then chapter 5 served as that bridge, and we had a uh, genealogy that brought us from Adam all the way down to a fellow by the name of Noah. And if you look at chapter 5, verse 32, it says, Now Noah was 500 years old, and he fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That's uh, chapter 5, verse 32. So we made the point that Genesis 5 is sort of that bridge going from uh, this key character or these key characters to the new one that's going to be focused on, and that is Noah. And then as soon as we enter into chapter 6, the state of things on the earth is given to us. We see that in verse 5. It says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, And then we, but we notice the contrast if you look at verse 8. But Noah, this fellow we were introduced to a moment ago, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, And then... From there, the rest of chapter 6 is essentially God revealing to Noah his plan uh, to bring an end uh, to the inhabitants of the earth, um, even a change in the way that the earth itself operates. We'll talk about that today with sort of atmospheric changes and so on, um, and that this uh, flood, this great flood is going to come. So that's sort of the background. Um, As we move now into chapter 7 and 8, which is our plan to do these two chapters, We'll see how that goes. Um, that's kind of leading up to it. Chapter 7 and 8 is actually the flood. So uh, that's where we are. Now, we assume, we conclude, assume kind of sounds like we don't really know what we're talking about. We conclude that Noah spent at least 100 years working on the building of this ark. Uh, anyone know why we assume that or conclude that? He was 500 when building started, and he was 600 when he went into the ark. Okay, so you know that he was 500 from verse 32 of chapter 5, mm-hmm. and then uh, he's 600 when he goes in. That's chapter 7, verse 6, and so that's why we conclude he's 100 years old. Um, and that that's what a lot of people conclude. That may or may not be the case. It, it could just be sort of, and Noah was 500 years old. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, God came to Noah and revealed to him a flood was coming. So that could have happened when he turned 500. It could have happened a little bit after that. Um, Some have speculated, actually, that Noah was informed when he was 480 years old. Because if you look at chapter 6, verse 3, the the, uh, amount of time, 120 years, is given there. Um, And so the Lord says, you know what, 120 years, that's the rest of the days that man has on the earth. Um, and so perhaps Noah was told even earlier than 500 at 480. Um, other people think that that 120 years means something different altogether, and we spent some time considering that last week. So if you missed it, <coughs> what happens if you don't come? We're not, we're not going over it again. All right, so. I just wanted to make uh, a point about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, so that's sort of a background. Any questions or thoughts before we jump in? Friend, I was talking to her on the phone, and she wanted to know how the judge time that they came up with that age. And I said, "That's a good question." How they judge time and yeah. came up with and what age? Any any age, like that people live that long. How they came up with a the year. years calendar that they. Well, we're going to see today that the calendar they used with a, was a thirty-day month calendar, three hundred sixty-day year. How do they come up with that number? I don't know. Well, it's, moon, it's lunar, right? 
If you say, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the Jewish, the Jewish, <coughs> Jewish, like all that's based on lunar calendar, right? Mm. That's why Easter never lands up on the same day. So it's up, you know, very few, few times between. Because it's connected to Passover. Passover. Okay. Right. So, but we have, we have the, they didn't do the, how, how long does it take the earth to go around the sun calendar? That didn't come till later. So they just did when the, the moon came up, went away for the day, sure. there you go. There's number one. Yeah, because they could, they could watch it, right? And the phases yeah, I think, and I think uh, Passover is tied to a new moon or something, so that's like, the moon's not even there when it's called new moon. It's kind of odd word, but yeah. All right, there you go. <laughs> I, I honestly don't understand all that stuff. You got to repeat that? <laughs> yeah, I got to repeat that. <laughs> all right, yeah. It's on the app. There you go. It works on the app. Let's read uh, the opening ten verses of the next chapter, chapter seven. It says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on all the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Now, verse 6, Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went with him uh, into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of the clean animals and of the animals that are not clean, and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. As God, uh, and after seven days, the waters of the flood, uh, of the flood came upon the earth. Kadoki, so there's our opening. Uh, getting Noah to the boat. The boat's been built. He goes in the boat and is told what to bring with him. And the flood came, comes. So let's go back and take a look at it. First off, if you look at verse one, there it says, "Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household." Some of your versions may, instead of saying "Go into the ark," say something different. Come. Come into yeah. the ark. Come thou or come into. What are you reading there, King James? King James. Yeah, so that sort of gives the impression that the Lord's in there, and he's like, come on in uh, as well. Um, and the idea being, I don't think the Lord himself was in there, but the idea being this is the place of safety, come in uh, where my presence is, uh, and so on. So I find it interesting, comes and go, kind of seems a little bit different there, uh, but something for your consideration. Now, he's mentioned again as being righteous. He said, I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Um, it's, it bears repeating. What, what does that mean? Because doesn't the Bible say something about there are none that are righteous, no, not one? I think it does say something about that. So. But he was seeking the Lord in this well. And that's what the Lord was seeing? And that's what the Lord was seeing. Okay. in constant fellowship and prayer with him. So nobody else on the earth, maybe his three sons as well, nobody else on the earth was seeking the Lord? They weren't in the ark. That's right. I love that thinking. Yeah. Isn't that something? You know, we spent some time considering that uh, the, the race of people, human, humanity and so on, was tainted. We, we looked at the Nephilim and so on. Um, but even if you just sort of push that to the side for a second, that, you know, that humanity had to be eradicated because of that, you push that to the side just for a second, just this idea of those that were seeking the Lord and, and walking with the Lord and his ways, there was one. Well, maybe there was four. Maybe there was eight. I don't know exactly if his sons weren't necessarily or his wife was. But, these, the, but Noah, we know, was. And so he's, the Lord says of him, I've seen that you are righteous uh, before me. Now, Noah, recall, God said, maybe it was when he was 500, 100 years earlier, I'm going to bring a flood, and I'm going to do this, and you need to do that. That is, build the ark, and so on. And for 100 years, perhaps, or however long it took him, that's what he did. And that's, that's faith and obedience, isn't it? You know, Because, again, it hadn't rained on the earth prior to that time. Um, how do... First off, what is that? Second, how do I know you're really going to do this? And God, this, I'm going to look silly, and people are going to mock me, and all these things. But 
Noah believed what God said that he was going to do, and so he responded accordingly in obedience. And the Lord honors that and sees that. And that type of faith pleases the Lord. And so I think that's some of the reference that's being made here in the verse. Any thoughts that you might have on that? Okay. <laughs> verse 2. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals. Wait a minute. I've always heard two by two. Okay, let's keep reading. The male and his mate, and a pair of animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and then seven pairs of the birds of the heaven. So, you know, you oftentimes, you think of, you see the pictures of the little drawings of two animals going. Is there two in there? I don't know. Oh, okay. No, I don't see any. Um, but the reality is there were two animals um, of what kind of animal? unclean and then there were seven of the clean and it also mentions the the birds as well um, so just something to take notice of all right so here's a question did noah have to go and find two of all of these animals chase them down to bring them to the ark i heard both ways you hear both ways i heard both ways that god sent the animals and i heard that noah had to go okay so what do you think? It confuses me. <laughs> Doesn't it say later on? Say what? Doesn't it, didn't it say God caused the animals to come to him? Uh, later on? No. No, okay. But earlier on, yes. Oh, okay. All right, so chapter 6, verse 20, it says, Now of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, Two of every sort shall come in to you to keep them alive. Shall come in. So, huh? Yeah, now, how on earth did they do that? God told them to. God What do you think? I was going to say, because I remember reading it somewhere, that God put the knowledge of the floodwaters into the animals, so they naturally started going to the Yeah. And that's understandable because you can see today, um, before a major disaster, the animals know it. They take off. Yeah, they do. So it's something that's inherent in them. Like they have like this knowledge or they sense it. You know. So isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. But isn't yeah. it amazing that they all didn't just run to the ark? Was there like a bunch mm. of them outside the ark? Wait, hey, take me. What if yeah. they had a velvet take rope? Stay back here. here. Yeah. <laughs> that the ones that. Yep. Yeah, that's very good. I heard somebody say, you know, like, how long, how much earlier did God have to put it into the, the sloth, for instance? You know that? Have <laughs> you seen those guys? Yeah, like, <laughs> chances are this couple of sloths began, had some kids, and then their kids finished up the trip or whatever because of how slowly they moved. Or they just know. jumped on the back of an ostrich. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Aren't they bigger than a mushroom? Sloths? The giant trees were jumping. And God created the animals. Now you guys start going to the ark now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, just go that way. Yeah, they could have been, like, hanging out by the boat. You two, just stay here. You can also probably think, oh, well, how did they get across the ocean? Well, the idea is that there was one landmass. And it didn't break up until afterwards, or it wasn't it wasn't divided until afterwards. Yeah, what's that called? Pana Pangea. Pangea. Yeah, and that that'll come up in I think chapter eleven maybe. This idea that the earth was one at that point. So, but that's also open to interpretation. Yes. You read in chapter six. Yes. That God had two of each kind. Mm-hmm. But in chapter seven, He's telling Noah to bring seven. Pairs of the clean animals. Correct. Now, where did the other six come from? Did they come when God presented them, or did Noah have to go find the other six? Uh, the clean animals Seven. would be easier to come by because they would be the sacrificial lambs, and mm -hmm. so they would be easier to gather. Well, it's not just lambs and so on. There's all yeah. sorts of clean animals and birds. I, I don't know. Um, I, my suspicion is God brought them as well. Um, but
but you're right though. This says and God will bring the the two pair, and so on. I don't know. Unless six and seven is seven is an expansion of six. What do you mean when you say that? So like six laid out the plan God was going to bring them, and then seven says go into the ark and take with you. Right. So there's just six and seven go together. They aren't two separate events. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's address this question. So we're we're using this term, these terms, clean and unclean animals. Um, is everybody familiar with what that is? Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. Food they could eat, or Choose something, the cud. right? Yeah. F- a food that they could eat and sacrifice. Okay, so you know specifics. What? Well, some of them chew the cud and don't have a split hook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard it said a hundred billion they, times. They they eat it. Okay. They bring it up. Oh, yeah. They eat it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> but but here so and Ruth mentioned um, yes Leviticus she said you know the idea being that it's explained in the book of Leviticus. Question. Mo well statement Moses wrote Leviticus. I don't know five six hundred years after this. So, how did Noah know what was clean and what was unclean? Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Yes, sir. God told him. Maybe? What would be your suggestion? I think God told Adam. Ah. So either God told him directly or it had been passed down to Noah. Another, another, another chink, another little twist here. Apparently they were not eating the clean animals, so why were they considered clean at this time versus unclean? Because those those were dietary laws, mm-hmm. not necessarily just well, sacrificial laws. There was a sacrificial system, there was. and you weren't sacrificing unclean animals. So then they were clean and unclean in regards to the sacrifice, not Possibly. so much eating. I think so. There you go. <laughs> All right. Got it solved. All right, let's continue. Next topic. Uh, well, you've already kind of alluded to it. Why have more of the clean animals so that you can make a sacrifice? Very good. Ooh, nice. Now you're talking. Has, has everyone here eaten shawarma? What is I've heard that it's good. It is very good. Define shawarma. Um, it's like marinated. You ever have a gyro? Yeah, it's kind of like a gyro. A gyro. Okay. Yeah. But it's uh. Good. Lamb. It's really good. I didn't like lamb at all. Don't get the lamb. If you're ever in Israel, don't get the lamb. I like gyros. Yeah. I like gyros. Yeah. I didn't do much. He, you can get the lamb. Yeah, he likes lamb. But, but anyway, I found a place in the Muslim quarter of Jerusalem that, and we like, you would get like, if you wanted a hamburger kind of thing, you'd get a, what do you call it? Shawarma. Like that. It was just like on the side of the road. So we're we're doing these. I don't know about cheese, but we're doing these tours, and you like everywhere you go. Yeah, I'll take a shawarma. Give me one, and uh, like two dollars. So anyway, I found this place. Whew. So we like made trips to go back to there just to get that shawarma, and it takes forever to get there. No, mine was, I guess, chicken. I guess. It wasn't lamb because I didn't like the lamb when we were in Tel Aviv. So anyway, we must keep on moving. Um, Oh, so I mentioned this idea that somebody told him about sacrificing. Chapter 4, verse 26, you may recall there, it said, at that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, How do you call upon the name of the Lord? Is it just praying or is it sacrificing? Um, So we already talked about how Adam, it seems, sacrificed. So it seems that's what, that Noah is fully aware of that and knew what that meant. All right, we must keep moving. Verse 4. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and everything living that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. And we've seen that a few times already. Chapter 6, 22 talked about how Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Here now, chapter 7, 5, chapter 7, verse 9, chapter 7, verse 17. Each one of those instances will talk about how Noah did exactly what he was told to do. 
And it was that obedience that ultimately um, provided for his survival, his salvation. And so the importance of obedience, and Noah demonstrates that. Um, verse 6, now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of, flood of waters came upon the earth. So let's see what we remember from a few weeks back. Therefore, what year in, and I'll give you like a one to two year window, in what year did the flood occur on the earth? 1652. I said one or two window. I'm afraid you're out of the window. <laughs> no, you're way out. You're way out of the window. 1658. Now you're talking. 1656. You got it? What do they say? 1658. 58. There you go. We're in that two-year window thing. All right? And, and we know that because we're able to figure out when Noah was born. This happened in the 600 year of his life. So right there around 1658, seven, I had six, but it doesn't matter, um, is right there where we are at. Isn't that fun to consider? Okay. Uh, let's keep going. Did we read yet verse seven? No. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood, and, of, and it talks about it, the clean animals and so on. And then look at verse 10. After seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. And so Noah and his family, they were safely there in the ark. As you can see, for seven days, all the animals are kind of getting set up, and nothing happens. I mean, nothing happens for seven days. The Lord said that in, in something like... Somewhere in verses 1 through 5, he mentioned that in seven days he was going to bring this flood. But there they go in. They had to basically just sit there. And that takes faith, right? You know, there you are in the waiting. One of the hardest things to do. It's one thing, all right, God, that's what you want me to do. Great. And he says, all right, good. Now I just want you to wait for a year, well, two years, back. three years. I guess so. He's waiting for... Uh, they boarded the plane. Uh, taxiing for, for a week. <laughs> now... Um, Yeah, are you saying that after seven days the waters of the flood came upon the earth? So, so you're saying he went in for a day, he went in the first day, and then seven, he had to wait for six days. That's well, seven days, I would say. Okay. I don't know what that. I actually took it to mean that's how long it took to herd everybody in. Ah. Thirteen, though it says, in the selfsame day entered Noah, Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wives, and, and on that very same day, you're saying. Yeah. All right, so that's going to be my question for in a second. Look at verse 4 in a minute. Verse 4 says, For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, and every living thing that I have made I'll blot out from the ground. Noah 600 years old, when the floodwaters came upon the earth. So my question is, is this saying he waits there seven days, and then it starts to rain, or it starts to rain and it takes seven days to start flooding the earth? Not just going to be flooded with the first drop of rain. What do you think? Well, it seems to me, since nobody's jumping in with an answer, <laughs> it seems to me what Jay referenced, what verse was that, Jay? 13? 13. In 13, it seems perhaps that they're in there, it starts raining, and it takes seven days before water starts to accumulate on the earth and, and start to flood the earth. Perhaps that's how that all fits together. I do, right. I do find it interesting how God's repeating it over and over again. The whole, you know, so at the end of chapter 6, right, we have the, like verses of 19, I don't know if it's, actually probably 18 as well, I think, I'm not going to turn the page, to find out how far back, but... Um, Can't be you know, turning pages or anything. It talks about his husband, <laughs> or the, the, the men and their wives... And the animals and the two and every kind and, um, <coughs> and then in the early part of verse seven, it's the whole thing over again, right? And that, of every clean beast and etc. And then again, verse nine, it went in two by two into the ark, um, and then it, it again repeats that they and every beast after his their kind, um, and they went into Noah, blah blah blah. And it, it just interesting to me, like feel like God's trying to make a point and I'm missing. Mm. <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's a style of Hebrew writing. Okay. 
I don't know the answer. I wish I did. Why don't you find the answer, and you come let us all know. There it is. <laughs> if you have the... It seems like he wants to be very clear about something. Yeah, I'm hearing you. And uh, I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hear you. All right, let's, let's move on. Verse uh, 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventh day of the month. So, is that, in our lingo, February 17th? Second day of the seventh, 17th day of the second month? is. Sure. You think so? I mean, in our lingo, I guess so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's... It's a trick question, then. I think it's the <laughs> 17th day of the second month of Noah's 601st year. Ah, Kind of, I don't know how it, significant it is, but I am going to come back to it with a different thing later. Unless he was born on January 1st. Well, then you're right. <laughs> yes, yes. In our, okay, so on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So notice two things. The first, uh, verse 11, the fountains of the great deep burst forth. That seems to imply that water came up from the earth. Uh, and then the next phrase, and the windows of heaven were opened. That seems to imply water came down on the earth. So, uh, water coming up from the earth. Is that crazy talk? Oh. It sounds like a tsunami. A tsunami, maybe? Geysers. <clears throat> a what? We have geysers now. Oh, shooting up like that? Okay. I had a flood in my basement. Um <laughs> It's not the great flood, um, but I had a flood in my basement, and I went down to the carpet, and I stepped on it. I was like, hey, my feet are wet, or whatever. It was raining a lot outside, or whatever, and so I'm looking, like, for where it is, and I vacuumed it up, went down there, like, half an hour later, there was water on the carpet again. Like, What's crazy? And then I kind of went into the room a little bit. There's a little water over here, a little water over there, and it wasn't coming from the edges. We eventually pulled up the carpet. It was seeping up from the ground uh, on our cement, and it eventually got like eight inches of water in my basement. I know, it was crazy. And I'm trying to vacuum it. Finally, I just gave up, and I said, I'm going to bed. I'll figure it out in the morning. And I went down there in the morning. It was like eight inches of water. Um, but it just it didn't come in through the walls because um, we were outside checking everything. It didn't do that at all. It just came up from the middle of the ground. Um, so water comes up from maybe geysers. Maybe it's just... Uh, but it does say fountains up. of the great deep, which most people have associated with the oceans, that there was water under, I know you're not a science guy, but there was water under the mantle, mm-hmm. under the ocean, mm. that then pushed its way up, so the, the, whatever water was there was getting deeper because there was water coming out. Oh, ah, okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Because it says fountains, what did it say? Fountains, fountains of, of the great, great deep. deep. I mean, that sounds a lot bigger than even old fateful geyser. I mean, sure. Yeah, that makes yeah. me think that this wasn't a seven-day rain. That you know, it took seven days for it to start mm. deeper. It, mm-hmm. Because the fountains of the deep were broken up, it was a sudden, forceful, violent thing. Filling up the earth. Interesting. Also, just about the fountains <coughs> of the deep thing, I, I read somewhere that they've found recently <coughs> these great cisterns of water, uh, supplies of water underneath the crust. That it's mm-hmm. there's so there's more water under the earth than there is on it. I don't know exactly where I heard that, so I can't, you know, Pull that up, be yeah. solid on that. But I heard just read something recently about that, and I thought that wow, that's that's pretty cool. It's all still there. It had to go somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's right. right. When it receded, yeah. That that is true. <laughs> well, notice also the windows of of the heavens were opened. You may recall from chapter one, verse seven. That read, and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. We talked about this idea that the earth was different then. It seems that there was sort of like this canopy that was over the earth, like a a hot house. Is that what they're called? Hot house? Greenhouse. Greenhouse, sort of, um, over the earth, and pink. And then the waters just sort of came. All right. Um, So... And, and thus, also, we know that the Earth isn't like that now, obviously. Um, so, completely changed our atmosphere. What's that? Yeah. And filled the Earth. Any thoughts? 
All right, let's move on. Notice uh, the number 40 in verse 12, where it says the rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, anything significant, interesting about that that stand out to you? You see, what, the number 40 or 40 days, 40 nights? 40 is the number of judgment, isn't 40 years of the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Forty years was on Mount Sinai for forty days. They were wandering for forty years. Good. Uh, Somebody over there said Jesus uh, tempted for forty days. So you do see the number forty in the scripture. There is a very interesting book. Sometimes I take stuff like this with a grain of salt. Like, huh, that's interesting. But E. W. Bullinger put a book together called uh, Number in Scripture, I believe it is, and what he does. He should just be commended for doing this. He, he looks for, not, not verse numbers, not like John 3.16, but every time numbers are used in the scripture, he goes through and he finds every occurrence of that number being used and says, okay, so what, what's happening in that verse? Well, you know, uh, judgment is happening. Okay, how about that one? Well, it's sort of like a refining. Okay, how about that? And so he does that with the number 40. He wouldn't have used the word judgment, he said a different numbers for that. Um, but he would use uh, sort of testing, refining, trials, all that comes before sort of a new season in life. So there's the refining of the wilderness before they're going to enter into the promised land and, and things like that. So the number is repeated 15 times. There are periods associated with 40 in the Bible. Israel in the wilderness Forty years under multiple kings, Saul, David, Solomon, for instance. Moses on the mount for 40 days, two times. Uh, Elijah, 40 days and 40 nights, where he sort of fasted. Um, doesn't really say he's fasting, but said he ate this big meal, and then he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, so it's kind of fasting. Uh, Jonah, 40 days until judgment was coming. Uh, Jesus, you guys mentioned, and then after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared over that period of 40 days, it says, in I think in Acts 1-2. So... Uh, we do see it a lot, so I think things like that should catch your attention. Um, I think you should be careful, though, not to come up with a conclusion that isn't necessarily there in the text, just based on on things like that. So one thing that, that Bollinger does is he says, now 40 is yeah. <laughs> 4 times 10, and 4 means this, and 10 means that, so... And they're kind of like, okay, we're getting a little far here. You know, and he's like... He, like he, and there's seven and three and ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, five plus five equals ten. There. So... Can I just throw something I love it. I, so I looked up uh, what Josh was talking about, about this reservoir, and there are these scientist guys who... Um, the one guy's Jacobson is, is his name. And he believes that the oceans actually came from these depths. There's this... He calls it uh, ringwoodite rock that basically holds water. Mm. And they estimate that it's between about 400 miles down. And mm. based off of their rough sampling, if it continued around the Earth like this, that there is enough water to equal three times the Earth's oceans. Mm. Wow. 400 miles deep? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, the Earth is 20, how big, 24,000 miles across? Is that right? 400 isn't that much. Quadruple the amount of water found on the Earth. Hmm. All right, well, so we have this number here. Um, Verse 13, on the very same day Noah and his sons went into the ark with their wives and so on. Um, They and every beast with them according to their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the Earth. Uh, I think if the... If it's, it says creeps or creepy, they should have left it off the boat. <laughs> but anyway, that's just what I think. According to its kind and every bird, according to its kind, every winged creature, they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, of course we know about the seven, in which there was the breath of life, and those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God. What about the fish? They can survive. They were fine out there in the ocean. And the insects probably too. Oh. Really? The idea is that there was all this stuff floating around, so the insects could have been on the flocks. Oh, of the on the bodies, you mean? 
Well, not bodies. Like oh, trees, all the maybe. trees. <laughs> Dead bodies. You know? no, well, like all the vegetation, you get seaweed floating around, so oh. that insects could maybe survive on that. Until, well, the termites could survive on the ark, too. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But there was only two of them, so they didn't that make a big hole. That would be a big problem. <laughs> we, we hope we didn't make a big hole. But <laughs> That's why he sealed it inside and out with pitch. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Except for a little out. piece for the termites to eat. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they have to have something. All right, verse 16. And those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, they went in as God had commanded them. Notice that. Um, not, not just Noah and his wife went in, but the animals went in as God had commanded them, and the Lord shut him in. Um, why? Uh, you and you both finished that phrase there. That seems like it's significant to you? Yes. Why is that a significant phrase, floss? Um, I like the idea that he, he made them safe. Mm. You know, he took care of him and made the door. He shut the door. Yeah, I kind of take it from another side. Uh oh. From the other side, sure. Did, 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 <laughs> no, just, just like did, did Noah, did Noah not mm. want it shut? Mm. You know, from mm. the fact that all mankind, he knows, you know, God's been faithful up to this point, and is at the point where he's like shutting them in. He, he's God had to shut him in. That sort of reminds me of the angels mm -hmm. pulling Lot's family. You know, they were, come on, we're leaving. You yeah. know, you have to go. So maybe. Uh, I thought it was just a big door. There's no way no one could have done it. Maybe. <laughs> 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 it was up higher. You know, come like, on, he built the ark. He could move it. Was it was really tall. <laughs> it was really high, and you needed God to do it. Okay. I always kind of thought of it as uh, from Noah's compassion, possibly, that if there was people outside... Mm. Hurry up, get in here. God had to shut the door down. Yeah. Because we're not in that... <coughs> I'm sorry, sir, please. Go ahead. No, it probably uh, it's a system of, of pulleys and some chains uh, on there. You'd seen uh, castles, how they had the big drawbridge in it, and yeah. it would be hard for just one person to <coughs> close it. It could be the same way, but we don't know until how, how the... Uh, Big door was sure constructed. I was just kidding about being a big door, though. I know. There's a there's a theological thing there, and I think it both goes on both of. What's the theological thing? Well, one is God had to do it to keep him in, and the other I think the other one is, is God did to be compassionate, you know. Because ultimately, God's the savior, right? It wasn't even the ark that was the savior. It was God had to. It has a very similar ring to it in, to the Ten Virgins parable as well. And they're all waiting for the wedding to come. And, and, and then they have the, I don't know if it's half of them have to go back and get oil or whatever, but by the time they come back, they're knocking on the door. And they're, it's shut. Julia, it's shut. Mm -hmm. The judgment is set too late. Yeah. Well, I, I think Mark sort of touched on this. I'm not sure if, but Noah isn't deciding who's being judged. Ultimately, God's the one who shut the door. It's not like Noah's shutting the door and denying people sort of entrance into that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the same thing with us. You know, we, we don't judge people to hell. Um, we preach the message, and it, it's ultimately the Lord that will mm -hmm. shut the door, open the, the door, and, and so on. True, true. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, the ark is in many ways like the cross. Because the cross can bring salvation, or it can also be that which will condemn a person uh, as well. You too, you need to knock He's it all off. all the way right? on my side. Yeah. Yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> Legs are too long. Yeah, it's okay. But the ark, uh, excuse me, the cross is our salvation, but ultimately the cross will be the condemnation of those that don't receive. You know, I gave you my son, and you didn't accept my son, uh, and so on. So, uh, comparison to the ark. And I think a lot of, I've seen a lot of people making comments about, you know, end of the world, da, 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 all the craziness that was around September 23rd. It was a blood moon thing? Or? Yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. A lot of the comments are, enter the ark before it's too late. Enter the ark before it's too late. So there's a equating oh. of Jesus being the New Testament ark mm. that we have to enter before judgment comes. So. Yeah, and that, that's good, right? Yeah. yeah. No problem with that. All right, verse 17, the flood continued 40 days on, on the earth, and the waters increased 
bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. Does everybody say cubits? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cubits like a foot and a half. So, yes. so 15 cubits is what? It's about 22 and a half feet. Mine's 20, 20 feet. 20 feet. There you go. Close enough. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's look at some of these things. First off, the statement that says the waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth. Um, notice it says the earth, not in the area of Israel or Mesopotamia or something yeah. like that. So there are some that will suggest that this is a local flood. Um, what's the problem with that? Why can't you accept that as a person that believes your Bible? I was going to say, because there's a record in all cultures going back that this was a worldwide phenomenon. There are over 200 cultures that have some form of uh, a f- global flood incorporated into their uh, history. Um, that's pretty interesting. In those cultural accounts, 88% of those accounts describe that there was a, a particular family that was preserved. Um, they call it a favored family. 70% attribute the survival to a boat. Um, 66% say the disaster was the direct result of man's wickedness. So you see like how the the story is basically the same no matter what culture. 57% kids speak of the survivors ending up on a mountain uh, at the end of it. So there, there's this common storyline that goes all the way through um, 200 different cultures. Uh, it's, so there you go. So very good. What? Why else can't this? it be accepted that this was a local flood? Yes, my friend. Because then how would that wipe out all... Everything that breathes the breath of it, breath of air, on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Why build an ark in the first place? Why not just move, you know, or something like that? Okay, so that's good. And then you recall at the end where God says He will never destroy the earth again with the flood. Um, have we had local floods? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we have. You know, so that would be um, God didn't come through on that particular promise there. Uh, you know, I remember when I was down in New Orleans. You were down in New Orleans, weren't you? Yeah. No? You too? No. no Just Raj. Um, you know, they, they showed us the water line of standing water for three weeks down there. It was about 20 feet high. And, and you, you know, you're looking at houses. Most of, almost all the houses were single-story houses. And they're showing you pictures of, you know, just a little bit of, they don't have chimneys, but just a little bit of the roof edge kind of sticking out from the water. And it was like that for three weeks. You know, in that localized area, but you're talking about 30 miles. on the Walmart. Were you there too? No, I didn't. Uh, we were passing through. We stopped in for you guys. That's right. I, re- I remember now. <laughs> yes, that's crazy. Um, but the Walmart, I remember seeing the water line yep. at the Walmart, and it was at the sign. But yep. we were still there for the second second trip, because we, we didn't go to the Walmart for the first trip. I don't think. No, you couldn't really get to that. Yeah, yeah. so... Well, the waters prevail. Now, notice it says um, also in the verse, I forget exactly where, but it says that the waters prevailed above the mountains. That's verse 19. Um, The highest mountain, and I learned this, there's a difference between tallest mountain and highest mountain. Um, Yeah, you know that? (laughs) Do you know the tallest mountain? Nope. I don't remember the name of it, but it's in the ocean. Ah, good job. All right. Is it under the ocean? I don't know if it comes out. I think out it is. Not. Is it all the way under? Yeah. I think it comes out. It's in Hawaii? Oh, it is Hawaii. Is that the one? Yeah, okay. Well, apparently it comes out about 10,000 feet out of the water or something. But that wouldn't be the highest mountain. That is... Who? Everest. Mount Everest, yeah. Which is 29,029 feet. You're going to see that. Are we going to see... Be right there. I don't think I'm going up Mount Everest. You'll you know, it costs twenty five thousand dollars to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, it's Is that a dollar a foot? I don't have that much money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deal. I don't think <laughs> I could do it anyway. You're looking at that. Yeah. Way. Well, anyway, Mount Everest is twenty nine thousand feet above sea level, um, and this, you know, it said it was fifteen cubits. So, throw in another twenty feet. 
So you're talking about 29,050 feet that the water rose on the earth, I, I would assume. Ever Although. Okay, tell us. The idea is not that the earth was as mountainous as it is now, because those mountains were formed as peaks were moving around and came together. So uh, the highest mountain yeah, might not Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And it, but it's still high, it, I mean. <laughs> they're still growing, right? Then they're still growing, right, several inches That's a year. That's true. So there was a lot of water either way. Yeah. Would we agree? Yes. yes. All right, so. Boy, look out. All right, verse 21. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and livestock, beasts and swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died, and he blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, and they were blotted out from the earth. Now, again, reading that is, that's tough to read. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, my goodness. Uh, but, you know, we remind ourselves of a couple things that we said. Um, number one, all of humanity was under the death sentence and because of sin that we talked about earlier. Uh, and so, you know, we, we gave the example if, you know, it was determined you were going to die in an electric chair and then you said, you know, we changed our mind. Instead, we're going to do lethal injection. You're still going to be executed uh, one way or the other. And so... Um, there's that's the one idea. The other idea that we emphasize, which I really think is more and more significant the more and more I think about it, was this idea that the uh, the species of humanity was corrupted by these demons that we read about in, uh, I guess it was the beginning of chapter 5. And so that's why they needed to be blotted out. Uh, and it was only Noah and his family that were not. So, any other th- questions or thoughts or feelings? Something just hit me just reading this. This time, it says, uh, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life. Mm-hmm. So the reason, so this is, just, I'm speculating, but I think it's maybe why he said nostrils, but bugs don't have nostrils. They have spiracles along the side. You're something That's else. how they get their air in <laughs> mm-hmm. So they don't have, yeah, sure. so they, they were okay. <laughs> hmm. I'm sure he said bugs have nostrils, so that's how he smells the carrots. What's up, Doc? All right. Well, only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. Now, where does that number come from? We're talking about 40 days, 40 nights, 150 days. Somebody explain that. It's 40 plus 110. I got... That's where you get with it. It's 2 times 40 plus... Yeah, right. 2 times 40 plus 30. All right, so where's the 150 days? What's that talking about? Do you know? I guess um, it took that long for the water to recede. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. Now, is the 150 days on top of the 40 days? So it rained for 40 days, then the calendar starts for 150 days? Does it matter? No. Probably not, but that's what you think? That's, that's what I always took it as. If you look at... If you look at chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, it says, and At the end of 150 days, the water had abated, and in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. So we learned chap- back in chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, that Noah entered the ark on the second month and tenth day, that the water started coming, the rain started, second month, seventeenth day, and here now in chapter 8-4, it's the seventh month and seventeenth day. Now, their months were 30 days. So, from the second month to the seventh month, you're talking about five months, of 30 days. That's 150 days. Um, so, there you go. Now, th- that's going to help you when you're in traffic. You, know, <laughs> you, you want to yell at somebody, you know, 150 days, Lord. <laughs> and it'll help you in that. All right. Well, what should we do? Should we keep going? I think the next thing is cool. Okay, then let's keep going. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Why don't you read the first five verses? Uh, Chapter 1, 8, verse 1. Okay. God kept Noah in mind. I'll go King James. Never mind. There we go. Sorry. (laughs) And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. Oh. I think I pronounced that correctly. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. 
and the waters return from off the earth continually, and after the end of the hundred and fifty days the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. I'm going to stop there or keep going. Did you read it all? Verse Up to verse 5? Okay, 5, sorry. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Very good. Now, you liked something about this, you said. Yeah, verse 4 is kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating. <laughs> what? What's fascinating about it? Like, why the specific, like, month, day thing? Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Share with us? <laughs> sure. Go um, ahead. We're ready. What do you got? Well, I don't want to ruin, like... I don't have anything on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. Um, um, give me a second. All right. Well, while you're looking for that, can I yeah, say something? Go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we get to verse 4, notice how verse 1 says God remembered Noah. Um, so did God forget about... Oh, my gosh. I left... It's been raining, you know, all that time. You know. Noah's out there. Hello. <laughs> so, what what does that mean? I think it means that God turned His mind away from the purging of the earth. You want to call it that, and turned His mind back towards bringing Noah to the ground, so to speak. Okay. Yeah, and as you would read in seven, and then you hit then you hit eight. It's clear. Okay, the wrath is done. And now we can start moving forward with the mercy again. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this idea, and using a term like God remembered Noah, or it's sort of like, and the hand of the Lord, you know, went forth or something. God doesn't have like a hand, you know. So it's a way that we understand it. They call it anthropomorphism. I used to teach that to my ninth graders. Um, and so it's an idea of putting sort of human touch on the spiritual of the Lord. So the Lord didn't forget Noah, uh, but he turned his attention again toward Noah. And so it's a good thing to bring up at this point in the Bible because it's, some, it's a way that uh, sort of the writers speak um, throughout the scripture. Um, so, all right. Now I'm going to come back to you. Not yet. It said, God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. My son Luke said, where'd all the water go? Uh, and you guys brought up, we talked about it tonight at dinner, you guys brought up uh, rocks that can hold water or something like that. What kind of a rock is it, Jay? You forgot? You just told us. Sponge rock. Sponge rock. Okay, so anyway, maybe that's where all the water went 400 miles deep or something, you said? What's that? You said something about it being 400 miles deep? Yes, in the ground, in the earth's And so all the water could have went there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Well, my my theory, which I was trying to research while we were talking, okay, which God. was there's that whole Atlantic ridge that just drops off in the middle. And I the drop trying, off. Yeah, I was trying. Remember to, that movie? I was trying to. <laughs> yeah. Drop off. I was trying to figure out how much water, how high the water would rise if that remained like at a normal level hmm. versus dropped all the way down. Right. Oh, how interesting. But that was my theory that it collapsed and all the water got sucked. I thought the general theory was that the earth rose in different places and therefore it caused the water to go in the low places, right? What would cause the earth to rise in certain places? Because I read that too, but I didn't understand that. Um, God told it to. Hmm? God told it to. Okay. But I mean, how do, what makes us, like, why do we think that? Like, well, is there something that... Would would heavy flood water cause that, or the weight of that water had to be tremendous on the on the earth? I don't know. What is it? Does water have weight? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Apparently, uh, you all know that. Submarines get crushed. It's actually polar too. It's yeah. polar. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It's um yeah try I the test was Monday I don't remember. You took a test. Gavin <laughs> <laughs> did. Oh okay gotcha okay. Yeah they've actually no they've shown where water like when the glaciers were here our our uh, continent was lower and it actually has gone up when the glaciers go away so there's I mean it's it's not like but it's like, yeah. okay but I don't you're right I don't know because if 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 we think. Just to, if we're thinking that the, actually the world was divided when 
you know, in chapter 10, mm -hmm. that would that would deal with the plate tectonics and how you get mountains and sure. all that stuff. So that isn't this time. You're right. So how come the land would rise and fall? I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. That tended to be the the Great Flood book that came out of Institute for Creation Research, Henry Mowat. That's Henry what Morris. He, that's I'm pretty he, sure he must have explained that. That's so the the Earth changed its its terrain after the flood as well. Yeah. But he didn't. I don't remember what the reasons were. You're right. Huh. I guess I just took it as gospel truth because some Christians said it. <laughs> that's, that's not a good idea. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. If I remember correctly, I, I read part of that book, but he he had the theory that the the Earth's crust was kind of writhing in the water. Okay, when the fountains of the great deep were right. opening up and it was changing okay. the bottom, it was changing. Uh, the foundation. And it, how he argued that was um, things like. Uh, um, I guess the plains areas of the United States, if you look at them from aerial photos, look like the ripples in the in soil that you would see in small, you know, gushes of water coming out of like a pool or a hose or something, and the the sand ripples as it goes, and it just looks like a large scale version of that. Um, so he said the water was running on and then filling up. But, mm. um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, it says God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided. So apparently the wind had something to do with drying out the land as well. And then it says at the end of 150 days, the water had abated. Now, Not totally, though. Yeah. So particularly, specifically, it's the area of Ararat um, so that the boat could come to rest. If look at verse 5. That makes it clear. It talks about the 10 months that it's going to go on for another three months or so mm -hmm. until it's totally gone. No, no, it's still more. Even look, more, okay. Because it says the the ark came to rest on Ararat, right? So the, the ark has a certain draft. So there was still water above the mountains of Ararat when the ark came to rest. Oh, uh, right, right, right. And then another ten months, and then you could actually see the top of the mountain. Correct. Right, and then we've got to go the rest of the way down the, down the hill. Yep, you're right, absolutely. All right, now, sir... Mm -hmm. What do you got for us? The um, usually, if they put something specific like that, seems kind of unnecessary. It's probably really necessary. Mm. <laughs> so the seventeenth day of the seventh month, why yeah. does it really need to be there? And if you just casually look at it, it would probably just blow it off. But I propose that it's the um, I guess you can't call it the anniversary, but whatever the before of Jesus rising from the dead, same date. You think Jesus rose from the dead? On that date, many years later. Um, I was curious to see if, and I didn't look it up, if, uh, like, it. Passover takes place on the 17th day, or, you know, something, something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. the 14th would be the Passover. The 14th so day of the 7th month? Yeah. The, um, that is how it's written in the Leviticus, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> is it Noah's? Seventh month? Oh, see, that's the, yeah, that good. Well, it's the seventh <laughs> month of the civil calendar, which is the second month of the religious calendar, which okay. makes that nice on, which is when Jesus resurrected huh. on the seventh. Oh, how neat that would be! Well, I mean, if if there are, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I don't know. <laughs> um, if the ark rests on that. Jesus rising from the dead is our rest. Mm. That's cool, dude. Good. I think it's. I think it fits. <laughs> now, why Ararat? <laughs> why have them land on the top of a high mountain? Doesn't seem very practical. They got to walk all the way down to the bottom of the mountain. So the boat could freeze and stay there. It would be a perfect, perfect location to preserve the ark. Inside and out. Yeah. So. Preservation. So. All right. We should keep moving. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window. We, I don't know about this. I think we should stop. Yeah, I think we'll have to stop there, okay? So we'll, we'll pick up in verse 6 of chapter 8 the next time we come together. Um, and now the earth is going to be sort of replenished, and again, we'll look at that. So make sure you read ahead, okay? All right, Father, thanks for a fun conversation tonight. And Lord, we, uh, we confess there's a lot of things we don't fully even understand, but it is fun to consider and to ponder and to wonder about. Lord, I just thank you that uh, 
you've placed within our hearts really just a faith to believe these things. Uh, and, Lord, we also just see the logic of it as well, though we don't fully understand it all, um, as some of the guys were quoting and so on. So, Lord, thank you for preserving Noah. Lord, we thank you that all of us can trace our heritage, lineage back to him. And, Lord, that you've preserved uh, humanity through his family, our family, I guess you could say. Lord, we thank you for the picture of our Savior, that though judgment needed to come, Lord, that you made a way and that you preserved the line of the Messiah so that we could be saved. And so, Lord, we thank you for these truths. Lord, we, we know that we live in days similar to those of Noah. Lord, we know that uh, the world is perilously moving close to perishing, and yet, as it was in the days of Noah, pays really no attention and no mind to that reality. And Lord, uh, I think sometimes we can struggle with a heart that says, well, fine, go there then. But the reality is, Lord, you wish that none would perish, but that all would come to a saving knowledge of your Son. And so, Lord, we pray that that knowledge would sort of enter into our hearts and our minds, that with that knowledge you'd prompt us, Lord, to be busy about praying for those we love, Lord, and sharing our faith and advancing the kingdom of God so that as many can enter into the ark, so to speak, as you have uh, deemed appropriate. Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.